0: Okay, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you, Lord. It is a word, that contains l- a word that contains life. And I pray, Lord, that you would breathe your life into this passage and speak to our hearts and our minds this morning that we would go away nourished and filled, having had an encounter with you by your spirit through your word, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay then, so the book of Ruth, just to catch us up, Uh, Elimelech uh, took his family which consisted of his wife Naomi and his two sons Chilion and Marlon to Moab when famine struck Israel Israel. but then uh, bad things struck the family there in Moab because both Elimelech uh, Marlon and Chilion died and Naomi was bereft of her family but both Chilion and Marlon had married and uh, their widowed brides Um, uh, Orpah and Ruth were there to bring comfort to Naomi but Naomi heard that the fortunes had changed in Israel the famine had been removed so she determined to go back to Bethlehem and uh, initially both Orpah and Ruth said that we'll go back with you but then um uh, Naomi sort of said, no, stay here with your own countrymen. There's no, there's no future for you in Israel. And Orpah stayed in Moab, but Ruth bound herself to her mother-in-law, uh, Naomi, and came back to Bethlehem. And there in Bethlehem, uh, we saw Ruth gleaning the fields, and it just so happened that she ended up in the field of Boaz, who was a close family relative of uh, Naomi and uh, there's no no just so happens about it it was clearly the hand of god's providence in there and boaz started to show favor towards ruth giving her extra provisions giving her permission to glean in areas of the field that she wouldn't ordinarily be allowed to glean in and we can see here that boaz is looking favorably upon ruth now It's the season of the barley and the wheat harvest, which is the end of April through to the beginning of July. So for three months, Boaz has been overseeing his reapers, gathering the crops, uh, and Ruth has been diligently gleaning from a privileged position granted to her by Boaz. And for three months, they've been almost daily in each other's company, albeit in the context of a group of other men and women working, certainly never alone. And for three months, their regard for one another has been slowly growing. Ruth has seen the moral, upstanding nature of Boaz, and Boaz has seen the virtuous, hard-working ethic of Ruth. And both are aware that Boaz is a kinsman redeemer to the family of Elimelech, Naomi, Naomi's uh, dead husband. And The kinsman redeemer was a close family relative whose responsibility was to act on behalf of a relative who was in trouble or in danger or need and there were four ways this could be outworked. The kinsman redeemer could buy the family member out of slavery so if that person got themselves into such dire straits that they sold themselves into indentured service it was the job of the kinsman redeemer to buy them out of slavery to win their freedom. Another job of, their, of the kinsman redeemer was to buy back land that had been sold. So the family land stayed in the, uh, as part of the family ownership. A third responsibility of the kinsman redeemer was to avenge that person after they had been killed to make sure that justice was brought about for that family member. And the fourth thing that it was the responsibility of the kinsman redeemer to do, and this is kind of exceptional, but in cases when um, the man had died childless, it was his job, the closest relative, to marry the uh, childless widow of the relative to ensure a family heir was brought about. Now Boaz knew he was a kinsman redeemer to the family of Elimelech, however he had not his services after three months of working together now why had Boaz not come forward well by law his duty would be first to Naomi and not to Ruth because Naomi was the widow of Elimelech so if he was going to come forward he would come forward to Naomi perhaps he was just simply biding his time he was weighing waiting to see what the character of this lady Ruth was like to see what action Naomi might make. Asking around, finding out what sort of woman this Moabites actually was. It could simply be he was busy with the wheat and barley harvest, and so that needed his full attention at this moment in time, and it's not until the harvest was done could he give his attention to other matters. Perhaps he could be waiting to be approached himself. You know, he was good at business, but perhaps he wasn't so good At relationships you get guys like that it happens girls guys can be blind to a girl's interest lack the confidence to make an advance and sometimes sitting on the bench saying i want to be pursued uh, doesn't cut the mustard sometimes you need to let the guy know you're interested that you're on the market although (laughs) uh, could be Uh, but although he was a close relative He was not the closest relative, we're going to find out this morning. And uh, he was a kinsman redeemer, but not the kinsman redeemer. So he could be waiting for the closer relative to act first. Whatever the reason, after three months, there is a stalemate. And Naomi is the one with the initiative to break the deadlock. So we read in verse 1, then naomi her mother-in-law said to her my daughter shall i not seek security for you that it may be well with you Uh, the esv anybody got the esv here no it says there my daughter should i not seek rest for you that it may be well with you and i like that word rest and that word rest is the same word used of the dove that was dispatched from the ark uh, after the flood and we're told the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot it means um, the dove couldn't find a place to settle a a place to find home and this is what Naomi is saying here I want to find a place for you to settle I want you to find a place that is home for you Ruth I want you to find a place of rest it's talking about marriage and Naomi wants to make sure that Ruth is married and has got a good future ahead of her And it's the same heart she has always had for Ruth and for Orpah as well, because as she expressed way back when in chapter one, she expressed a desire then to see both Orpah and Ruth married again, provision to be made for them. However, Orpah sought rest among the pagans of her homeland, but Ruth sought rest among the children of God in Israel. And you know it's interesting, that's the same choice that faces us every day. We get to the end of our hard working day, we come back tired and we want rest. But do we find rest among the things of the world? Or do we find rest among the things of God? Do we say, right, I'm just going to slink in front of the TV and... lose myself in that for an hour or two or maybe curl up in a book depending upon what your passion is or maybe it's socializing that's the way you unwind are you finding rest in the things of the world or do you find rest among the things of God do you come away for a time of prayer or maybe you've got a devotional book that you read your Bible reading I'm challenged every day to make God my rest to come Away and spend time with him Because the temptation is always to Open up the phone, play a game Watch a YouTube clip, something like that But remember, Jesus At the end of his hard working day Always seemed to retreat into the mountains To spend time alone with his Father And that's what we need to choose to do To make Jesus our Sabbath rest To retreat into him Verse 2 Now Boaz, who was sorry now Boaz whose young women you were with is he not our relative in fact he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor so Naomi fix her hope in the person of Boaz to be the source of deliverance from poverty and to be the means of future posterity yet instead of seeking Boaz to be a kinsman redeemer to herself she passes the right over to Ruth She considers herself too old to be married, but she goes, I'll pass that right on to you, Ruth. And so her hope is in Boaz, but her heart is for Ruth. And this is just lovely here. She's putting Ruth first. You ever, anybody here ever seen Fiddler on the Roof? You, All right, wonderful film. And there's a character in there called Yinta, and she's the matchmaker 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 make me a match find me a find catch me a catch Naomi is Yenta here and she is the matchmaker trying to find a find trying to catch a catch for Ruth and she has spotted Poas. Boaz Boas is the perfect match and what's more tonight is a good night to make an approach she says why is tonight a good night well we're told it's the time Of winnowing and threshing. Now threshing is the act of separating the grain from the heads of of wheat and barley and it was undertaken on the threshing floor. Now the threshing floor was a raised surface, it was flat, it was very hard, sometimes on the side of a hill. And uh, after all the wheat and barley had been reaped, the grain would be beaten out of the stalks uh, using tools like a toothed plow or an animal walking over the grain. And so the grain would be separated from the husks and so forth. Then came the winnowing. And a winnowing is the act of separating the, the grains permanently from the stalk and the husks. And what would happen is you would toss The wheat and barley in the air and the wind from the side of the mountain would blow the husks and the chaff away and the grain would fall to the ground and then the straw would be gathered put into bundles to feed the animals and then the grain would be gathered and put into heaps ready to be stored or to brought to market or whatever the case may be. And in Israel, westerly winds come uh, in the late afternoon and continue past sunset. So it would be afternoon into evening work and it would be a late finish for this winnowing and threshing process. But, you know, this time of winnowing and threshing is a time of rejoicing and festivity because you've had a good harvest, the crops are in, the work is done, the job is finished now you can look forward to enjoying the fruit of your labours and so typically people were in good spirits as I know that I am I'm always in good spirits when I have finished a job and payday has come and what's more there always seems to be some sort of party you know people share food and they have drink um, and considering they've had 10 long, long, long years of famine this is gonna be an extra special party this year I think so this is the perfect opportunity to appeal to Boaz to be her kinsman redeemer, to be her husband. He's gonna be in a good frame of mind. Now Naomi is gonna give uh, three bits of advice on how to get Boaz interested in Ruth. And I've read through this and speaking as a guy, I think this is good advice. So all you single ladies, take notes. Uh, He says, she says to Ruth, you need to take care of your looks. You need to take care of your timing and you need to take care of your actions. So your looks, verse three. Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself and put on your best garment and go down to the threshing floor, uh, she says. So the first piece of advice is look good and smell good. If you want to be a girl that's appealing to a guy you need to look good and smell good you know it's been three months of hard labor yeah Boaz has seen Roth every day but she's had this grunge thing going on you know she's she's been hot there's been sweat on her brow her hair has been tied back you know he hasn't seen her at her best so it's time for that to change so Naomi tells Ruth that she needs to take a bath wash off three months of work make yourself look good and guys like clean girls I can tell you that and then Naomi tells Ruth to anoint herself and this would be a, a, an olive oil with a fragrance added to it to ward off body over it's basically perfume and moisturizer and so guys like the girls smooth-skinned and smelling nice and the more senses you can stimulate, the greater impact you will make. And then Naomi tells Ruth to put her best garment on. In other words, Ruth needs to, to look the best she can to Boaz. Uh, and by wearing, looking the best that she can, her, tension, her intentions will be clear, and he will sit up and pay attention. And guys like girls to look good as well. A nice dress, a little jewelry, a bit of makeup, the guy is easily dazzled I can tell you now I guess there might be some of you who are a little bit more spiritual and you're thinking of 1 Peter 3 where it says do not let your adornment be merely outward arranging the hair wearing gold or putting on fine apparel rather let it be the hidden person of the heart with incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is very precious in the sight of God and you're thinking oh Matt you're so shallow It's all about, it's all about being washed. It's all about looking nice and beautiful. I want him to see my inner beauty. Well, okay, let him see your inner beauty. But if you have hair like a yak and you smell like a fish pond, then you're getting nowhere. Inner beauty is important. And let me tell you, if you're a virtuous woman, you will attract a virtuous man. But physical beauty is very important too. Do all the guys say amen? Amen, thank you. Ruth didn't seem to give much regard to her physical appearance. That's why Naomi had to give her a few pointers, and they were good pointers, Good advice. Look good, smell good. But there's, there's a little bit more, I think, a subtext to this advice. Uh, when she says, put on your best garments, it's highly likely that up to this point, Ruth has been wearing mourning clothes mourning her husband, which if true, would maybe explain why Boaz has not made an approach up to this point. But by removing the mourning clothes and putting on her best garments, she would be announcing to Boaz that she is available. And her intentions would be very clear to Boaz. And what is also interesting is that the procedure that Naomi is advising Ruth to go through is the self-same procedure that a woman would go through for her wedding day. The ritual cleansing, the anointing with oil, the adorning with fine clothes and jewelry. Now this is not to say Ruth is gonna turn up in a wedding dress holding a bouquet saying, marry me. That would freak him out, it'd freak us all out. But Naomi is counseling Ruth to put all the necessary measures in place so that Boaz can be in no doubt what is being asked of him, but then leaving the matter firmly in his hands to determine the actions for him to take the lead. Okay, so first piece of advice, look good, smell good. The second piece of advice is all to do with timing. Verse three again, but the latter half, and it says, but do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. The second bit of advice is a man is in a better mood after he's had a good meal is that true a man is in a better mood after he's had a good meal well i think we all know that's good advice boaz has been working hard all day winnowing and threshing he's built up a thirst and a hunger and he needs time to unwind get some food in him get some drink in him then he'll be in a better place to listen to what ruth has to say and, you know, Naomi has been married. She knows a thing or two about men. She knows that when your man walks through the door, the last thing he needs is to be hit with a list about the house, the home, the kids, the weekend plans and everything else. Let him get his slippers on. Let him have some food. Get him, let him just sit down and watch TV for half an hour. Then gently approach the subject you want to discuss. Naomi... Uh, has been married and she knows a thing or two about a man. And single ladies, if you wanna find me a find, catch me a catch, don't talk to your single friends. Talk to a married woman for advice about how to get a guy. If you wanna bag a guy, talk to someone who has already bagged a guy. You know, if I wanna learn how to catch a fish, I'm gonna ask the guy with a fish in the net, not the guy without a fish in the net. And then the third bit of advice is the action she should take. This is verse four. Then it shall be, when he lies down, then you shall notice the place where he lies, and you shall go in, uncover his feet, lie down, and he will tell you what you should do. Okay, so this is a bit weird to our ears, a bit weird to my ears, and it's because it's culturally different to who we are. But I think it can be summed up speak to the man when he is relaxed and by himself when he will be all ears so talk to the guy when he's all ears and you know any woman who has been married for any length of time knows this is good advice there's no point trying to get your guy's attention when he's got guests to entertain when there's a football match to watch or there's business to take care of wait until you're alone and you have his full attention and Naomi Uh, tells Ruth, the time to act is when darkness has fallen, the festivities have closed, everyone has withdrawn to their various piles of grain to sleep, and there's rest. So Ruth is to take note where, uh, so uh, yeah, Ruth is to take note where he lies. Then it shall be, when he lies down, then you shall notice the place where he lies. So she's got a These are gonna be any number of different piles of grain different people different workers sleeping by different piles of grain make sure you get the right pile of grain and the right guy that's good advice second uh, you shall go in and uncover his feet so this is to expose the feet and the lower part of the leg now remember the threshing floor on the side of the mountain cool breeze throwing over if the legs are exposed that that's going to cause the cold wind to prickle the hairs on the leg and goals the guy to wake up at which point she can make her petition and then we're told uh, verse four where are we and lie down and lie down so Boaz is so Ruth is to lie horizontal to Boaz so if he's like this she's to be like that at his feet and this is a position of submission in the ancient world, the lowly slave would sometimes sleep at the foot of their master, and they would always sleep horizontally at the feet. And it's showing Ruth's submission, her humility, um, that she is a maidservant to Boaz. It's a non threatening position to adopt. And then she says, uh, end of verse 4, and he will tell you what you should do. So Ruth is to follow. Boaz's lead. Now to a godly man like Boaz Ruth's presence alone would be enough to communicate her request but her dress her cleanliness her perfume would make it doubly certain um, what she what her intentions and her desires were however as we shall see Ruth will make it triply certain by enunciating clearly her request after which the matter is firmly in Boaz's hands to respond as he sees fit So, verse five, and she said to her, all that you say to me, I will do. Ruth puts her complete confidence in the counsel of Naomi. Verse six, so she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. So she keeps herself invisible during the festivities, maybe sitting in the shadows, waiting things for calm down, keeping away from the fire, and then as people go to sleep she's watching and waiting keeping an eye on the pile of grain that Boaz goes to and after Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was cheerful he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain and she came softly uncovered his feet and lay down and no doubt her heart was beating faster and faster as the evening went in and as she crept in and as she uncovered his feet and lay down and no doubt naomi back home in bethlehem was wide awake her heart beating doubly fast as well now boaz had proven an unusually godly man in an age when israel was notoriously ungodly he'd already taken unusual care Of Ruth effectively operating as a kinsman redeemer in part without even being asked offering her protection and provision but the question still stands would he go the whole hog when Ruth made her request and then when the text says Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was cheerful it's not saying he was drunk it means he had his fill he was content he was satisfied with his food and uh, Here we see the man lying down uh, having done a good day's work hearty meal he'd earned his rest verses eight to nine now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and he turned himself and there a woman was lying at his feet and he said who are you and she answered I'm Batman no she doesn't she says I am Ruth your maidservant Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. Boaz awakes at mi- around midnight and reaches down to cover his exposed feet, but instead he comes into contact with Ruth, and understandably, understandably, it makes him jump. Now, I've got to tell you a story that this happened to me. On my wedding night, Abby and I went over to the Isle of Wight for our honeymoon. We went to, stayed in a, 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 a little, what would you call it, country house, summer house? A shed. A what? A chalet. At the bottom of somebody's garden. And uh, there we were, it's middle of the night, I don't know what I did, I turned over and suddenly there's somebody there and it made me jump up with fright onto the bed, <laughs> what is it? And then I realized it was Abby. I was so unused to having somebody else in the bed. It scared the living daylights out of me. Scared the living daylights out of her as well. So I know exactly what Boaz is going through at this moment in time. And she answered, I am Ruth. I'm Ruth. Don't worry. Your maid servant. Now Ruth has called herself a maidservant before in chapter two. And I don't know whether you remember from the last talk. She said, Though I am like though I am not like one of your maidservants. And do you remember me telling you that there were two types of maidservant? One was the Hebrew word amar, A-M-A-H, and the other one is the Shifar, S-H-I-P-H-A-H. And the Amar is a higher servant. They're eligible to marry, to be an Israelite freeman, and enjoy a family, but the shifar belonged to the lowest social class. Uh, They were little more than the owner's property. And in her first encounter with Boaz, Ruth had considered herself less than a shifar. She was aware of her inferior social status with no rights or expectations. But here, she doesn't use the word shifar, she uses the word amar. Here in a second encounter with Boaz, she says, uh, um, she refers to herself as an amar, i.e. that type of maidservant who does have hope and expectations, that type of maidservant that is eligible to marry. And so even with that terminology, she is making it very clear who she is and what she's looking for. Ruth makes those expectations even clearer because she says, "'Take your maidservant under your wing, "'for you are a close relative.'" A different translation might be, "'Spread the corner of your garment over me, "'for you are a kinsman redeemer.'" And this is language employed to speak of love and marriage. The idea of coming under the wing of a man or the man spreading his garment over the woman is to speak of the covenantal bond of love and marriage. The Lord uses this same language in Ezekiel 16 to speak of his bond with Jerusalem. In in Ezekiel 16 verse 8 he talks about um, Jerusalem coming under his wing or under his garment of covering. But it's also used in Psalm 91 verse 4 to talk of the bond of any believer who puts their security in the Lord. The Lord would spread his wings uh, over that believer as well. You see, the Lord wants a, a covenantal relationship of love with every believer. And this is what, of course, Ruth is looking for here as well. Now, Boaz had actually used this language back in chapter two when he prayed a blessing over Ruth for coming under the wings of the Lord God of Israel. Little did he know at that point, he would be God's instrument to provide that blessing. But I kind of like the uh, Good News translation of this verse. It cuts through the poetic language and gets to the nub of what is happening. Ruth 3 verse 9 in the Good News says, Who are you? he asked. It's Ruth, sir, she answered. Because you are a close relative, you are responsible for taking care of me. So please marry me. All tact is gone but the meaning is made abundantly clear, and that is what's happening here. Okay, verses 10 and 11. Then he said, "'Blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, "'for you have shown more kindness at the end "'than at the beginning, "'in that you did not go after young men, "'whether rich or poor. "'And now, my daughter, do not fear. "'I will do for you all that you request. for "'All the people of my town know "'that you are a virtuous woman.'" You know, Ruth could not have received a more encouraging and heartwarming response, uh, could she? Boaz says, blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter. Uh, And as he conferred a blessing on her in their first exchange, so he confers a blessing on her in their second exchange. And with this, he identifies her as my daughter, which emphasizes that there is quite a sizable age difference between Ruth and Boaz. And then uh, Boaz says, for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning. You know, Ruth showed her kindness at the beginning through loyalty to Naomi, by willingness to forsake her family and her homeland, by rejecting her religion to embrace the God of Israel. But Ruth showed her kindness at the end through coming to a man who was probably the same age as Naomi, Willingness to provide for Naomi by marrying a kinsman redeemer. Rejecting the advances of younger, perhaps more attractive men. And putting the needs of Naomi ahead of her own. She was selfless in her actions. She was an absolutely exemplary woman. And Boaz says, and now my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request. Clearly, Ruth was in a heightened state of anxiety about her actions. Otherwise, he he wouldn't have said, do not fear. And along with the uncertainty of the outcome, Boaz seeks to put her at ease and give her the assurance and the hope that she sought. And then finally, Boaz says, For all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. How about that? All, all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman." This tells us Boaz has been doing his research. He'd been asking around about this Ruth, gathering information. And let me tell you, a guy doesn't go around asking about a woman gathering an opinion unless he's interested. And Boaz is very interested in Ruth. And what's more, he'd received nothing but a universal good report. Ruth had had not only caught his eye but caught the eye of everyone in town. She considered herself inferior and nobody from Moab, but everyone else looked on her with respect and admiration. All the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, and so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She's like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and buys it from her profits. She plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hand uh, holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor, yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. A husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also and he praises her. My daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. This is the Proverbs 31, virtuous woman. This is Ruth. And, you know, Ruth follows the classic three-act plot structure that you get in plays and films. And at the end of the second act of the three-act plot structure, you reach a climax. But at that climax, there's typically a twist, a crisis, an all-is-lost moment. And just when you think it couldn't get any better, when everything has gone their way, a bombshell is struck. Verse 12. Now it is true, Boaz says, that I am a close relative. However, however, there is a relative closer than I. Naomi and Ruth have been operating on the belief that Boaz is the kinsman redeemer and that God's providence has led them to this man. now the bombshell strikes that while he is a kinsman redeemer he is not the kinsman redeemer there is a closer male relative that holds that role and so suddenly everything seems to be in ruins all hope is lost the classic end of act two stuff what is gonna happen next what is this other man gonna do Well, here's the game plan. Verse 13, Stay this night and in the morning it shall be that if he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good, let him do it. But if he does not want to perform the duty for you, then I will perform the duty for you. As the Lord lives, lie down until morning. So what we see here is not only that Ruth is a virtuous woman, but Boaz is a virtuous man. Because though we know he wants to be with Ruth, He's done the research he's interested in this lady he will not subvert the law of the lord he puts the law of the lord ahead of his own desires and happiness even though he wants ruth he's prepared to let the other kinsman redeemer her first uh, take as it were so after ruth's request and boaz's response both Ro- boaz and ruth are on hooks. Their shared future hinges on the will of one unnamed man. But Boaz is a man of action. He will not allow the situation to drag on. He will address the other kinsman redeemer first thing in the morning. And he bids Ruth to lie down until morning because it would be dangerous for her to head back to Bethlehem in the middle of the night through the fields alone. So he protects her virtue and reputation until dawn okay 14 and 15 so she lay at his feet until the morning and she arose before one could recognize another and then he said do not let it be known that the woman came to her threshing floor also he said bring the shawl and that is on you and hold it and when she held it he measured six ephers of barley and laid it on her and then she went into the city so ruth does as Boaz instructs spends the night at his feet and as the morning comes, Boaz says two things to Ruth. The first thing is, do not let it be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. He doesn't want it known that Ruth spent the night on the threshing floor. And while nothing scandalous occurred, it doesn't do well to encourage gossip. He wants to protect the virtue and the reputation of this woman. However, dressed as Ruth was, it sent a message she was seeking Boaz as a kinsman redeemer. And it wouldn't take much for any casual observer to deduce what was at play. play. And it would work against them if the other kinsman redeemer knew of Ruth's request of Boaz. So secrecy was called for until Boaz had a chance to speak to this other kinsman redeemer. Hence why she is to go back while it's still dark in the early hours of the morning before she can be recognized. The second thing Boaz says is bring the shawl that is on you and hold it and being a gentleman Boaz will not send the lady home empty-handed and he doesn't have any flowers or chocolates so he gives her a measure of grain now it says here um, uh, six ephers of grain that word ephah is in italics. It's not in the original Hebrew language and it wouldn't be six ephahs of grain. That would be way too heavy for a woman to carry home. It's six measures of grain. What that measure is, we do not know. But then we're told, "Oh, what? no? This measure of grain would actually have a couple of purposes, really. It would provide an explanation as to what Ruth was doing out so early. Anybody would see it and think, ah, oh, she's been out gleaning. But it would also serve as a guarantee of Boaz's sincere intentions it's almost like a down payment that she's passing on to Naomi and then we're told then she went into the city some other manuscripts say he went into the city but what is clear Ruth returned to Naomi in Bethlehem Boaz went to the gates of the city to wait for the other man to arrive today will be the day of reckoning verses 16 and 17 when she came to her mother-in-law she said Is that you, my daughter? And then she told her all that the man had done for her. And she said, these six measures of barley he gave me, for he said to me, do not go empty handed to your mother-in-law. So upon arriving home, Nomi probably been up all night, desperate to know what's happened, uh, as any of us would be, says, is that you, my daughter? In other words, are you his wife or not? Go on, tell me the news. And so Naomi is appraised of the positive intentions of Boaz, but the negative shadow of this other kinsman, Redeemer. Verse 18, and then she said, Sit still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will turn out, for the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. So our chapter closes on something of a tense cliffhanger. What is going to happen By the end of the day, Ruth knows that she will be betrothed for marriage. But the question is, to whom? Well, we're going to have to come back next time to be able to find the answer to that question. But you can read ahead and cheat. I don't mind. But a couple of closing thoughts here. Ruth was a virtuous woman. She approached Boaz with wisdom and humility, but she let Boaz take the lead. And a virtuous woman attracts a virtuous man. Ladies, walk humbly, submissively, virtuously. Let men take the lead like Ruth. Boaz was a virtuous man. He worked hard, he protected and provided for Ruth. Gentlemen, work hard, protect and provide for your wives. Take the lead, be proactive And do what is right obey God's commands even if it hurts and you know Boaz was a kinsman redeemer but there was another we have a redeemer but there is no other Jesus is our redeemer and salvation comes in no other name and in no other person than Jesus Christ and you must come humbly to Jesus in faith and repentance of your sin if you are to be saved. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you would confirm your word to us by your spirit and cause it to continue to linger to nourish us and benefit us. Help us to be virtuous men, help us to be virtuous women, help us to walk with fear and reverence before you we ask in Jesus name. Amen.